So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.J. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome, everybody, to Cash Flow to Freedom, the podcast where we talk about finance and anything else we want to talk about. So I'm uh, really excited for this episode uh, today. Uh, because today I'm bringing on one of my best friends since childhood. And, uh, he has been an entrepreneur in a, in, a, in business for a long time and is having some unique effects, uh, associated with the lockdown, COVID-19. And, uh, um, we're going to talk a lot about business today in today's environment which we will get to here in just a second. Um, but I did want to say thank you, everybody, for leaving us such amazing reviews on this podcast. Um, we really appreciate it. And also with the book launch, um, uh, The Investor's Guide to Growing Wealth in Self-Storage, it's been just absolutely awesome. We are still running the great review on Amazon and our... 15 minute call setup. So just wanted to put that out there, let you know, not sure how much longer we're going to keep doing that. I'm still trying to get a hold of everybody to do that, but it's been, it's been fun. We've enjoyed doing it. So we're going to keep doing that for a little while longer. But other than that, with that said, Dan, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. So a uh, little background here. Um, we met, how old were we? Uh, I think, I think I was in eighth grade or ninth grade, grade and ninth you grade. came over to my house and I can't remember if it was the Nintendo or the pool or the trampoline yes. that we had and you didn't, and you wanted to be friends with me because you wanted to use me for my stuff. Absolutely. That's exactly how it <laughs> happened. We heard that a rich kid had moved <laughs> into the neighborhood and we were like, what? He's got a pool. And I think it was a Nintendo 64 yep. or an Xbox or something like that. And we're whoa, like, whoa, 64. We're 64. That's right. That's we're right. We weren't quite there yet. Yeah. <laughs> 64. And we thought, well, we got to go meet this guy. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then it was, it was love at first knowledge of all your fun stuff. And, uh, so no, when we found out that, uh, you were big into skiing as, as were we. And then, yeah, it's been best friends ever since then. So I'm really excited to have you have you here and talk about some of the things that you're going through because it's really unique. So why don't you give people a quick background, what you do now. Um, and yeah. Okay. Um, well, I guess the, the main thing that I do right now is, uh, I own a bar in downtown Boise and, um, things were going really good. We, I purchased the bar. I've been running the bar for the last 12 years. I purchased the bar about a year and a half ago and things were going great. We, I'm sure like most people out there, they started out 2020 with your projections and your, um, your, your plan for 2020. I even had a whiteboard that just about two weeks ago I erased and <laughs> like, this doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> this doesn't matter anymore, but it was, yeah, we had, uh, we had our goals and financial projections. And so just about obviously, you know, with all this coronavirus, uh, we we got shut down um because we are considered the most least non-essential business out there um which yeah i mean i i guess kind of so yeah 
marijuana shops can still be open. Uh, that's <laughs> that's going to make true. you go, wait a second here. It's <laughs> a good point. Uh, good but point. so you, but when you were, re- you originally got shut down and then you reopened and then was shut back down, right? Yeah, because Idaho here, we had the four stages and then we were moving really quickly into, into the different stages. And then they pushed us up into, uh, all bars and nightclubs. And events kind of into stage, into stage three. So we opened up for three, for three weeks. Uh, things were going good. We were starting to make money again. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, um, it wasn't awesome, but it wasn't, we weren't spending too much money. We weren't, we weren't spending money anymore and we were actually making money and we're open for three weeks. And then the government came back in with the increase in cases and decided to just shut us down again. Um, so. Where so now they they talk about these stages and going through here. Mm-hmm. How do we compare to other states? And what have you heard? And what are you seeing in other states across the United States that's going on? You because know, this, from, this particularly affects like you're talking about like bars, restaurants were a big one at first too. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe first before we talk about what you're seeing across the state, what what are the main industries that you see that are like yours that are being really hit hard? Um, I mean, it seems like at least from, from Idaho's standpoint, the main industries that are being hit hard would be just anything that is large gatherings like movie theaters or bars or nightclubs, um, events or, um, uh, I, I guess, uh, festivals or, or concerts yeah. and stuff like that. Those, I, I really feel for those industries because, I mean, those haven't even been going on at all. Uh, movie theaters, I don't still think aren't still open. aren't still yeah. aren't open. Never so, opened back up. Yeah, no. So those I feel like across the country are probably the ones that are hit the hardest too. Um, but that's the thing is we all still, even though these corporations, we all still have our livelihood. I still have to pay my mortgage. I still have to provide for my daughter. Um, you mm-hmm. know, it doesn't mean that goes away. Yeah. Um, Which this so. has been something interesting to me and why I, I guess we have I, – I fundamentally have a an, an issue with the government picking winners and losers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, they say that you can't open your doors. You can't collect revenue. You can't make money. But they haven't said that you don't have to pay your expenses, correct? Yeah, I mean because they can't. Yeah. I mean because it's private institutions that own – my expenses own my mortgage or, and so that's not the government. Um, so th- they've, they've tried to give us, so there, it's not all, it's not all horrible. They have given, I did get a loan from the SBA. We did get a $10,000 grant. I did get the PPP. However, that's applied towards our, my employees, yes. even though my employees are collecting unemployment, which is more than what I can pay them through yep. the PPP. And that's a whole other thing that we could go through, but there has been some income through that. Um, and they have given us a little more leeway when it regard to like to go drinks. We tried our, we have are trying our hand at that. I, it's nowhere near making any money. I've spent more money in advertising than it's make more money. They've given us a little more leeway of things that we can do, but that's the thing is like, um, as, as a bar, my primary objective is, is entertainment for people 
while we're there that they're not, they're not necessary. I get people are not coming to my bar for the, the craft cocktails or the yeah. drinks. They're coming there for the environment. They're yes. coming there for the social aspect. And that's the whole thing is the social aspect is not there anymore. So what can I provide? Yeah. I can't provide anything. People can make the drinks at home. Yeah. We're nothing. We're, I guess to compare it to another bar down the street, there's a whiskey bar. It's right down the street. They're more, way more of a craft cocktail place. And that's what we tried to kind of model after our to-go drinks. I've heard that they're a little more successful at them, but they're much more of a craft cocktail place to where it takes a little more skill to be able to do those things. My bread and butter is whiskey, Cokes, and vodka crayons. Yeah. Anybody can go to the store and buy a bottle of vodka and a bottle of cranberry juice and mix that together and make the same thing that I'm providing. That's not why people come to my bar. They're coming there for the environment. They're coming there for the social aspect. And it's a bunch of primarily mostly students, younger generation that come to the bar too. So – and – that has been hit hard too because like my wife, she works for BSU, which is the local university here in Boise. And so a lot of the students weren't coming back and they, they were on the fence about whether they were going to have online or classes in person. And that's a whole other thing too. And so, yeah, our industry has been hit super, super hard. I do know I am, I am very fortunate and I count my blessings every day because uh, my I, I don't have a large rent payment or a mortgage that is through an, uh, an institution. My my mortgage for my house is through an institution, but for the bar, it's through my dad. And so it's owner finance. So luckily, he's financially okay. And so we don't have a large payment that we have to make every single month. So my expenses are fairly minimal, but I've been chipping away at my savings to pay my own personal mortgage yeah. and those things. But there, there are people out there, not only in Boise, across the country that have, they have rent. You know, they, if you live yeah. in downtown well, city. And, and the bar, because it's social, you're paying rent for prime real estate. Absolutely. You're get, you, you're paying for walk-in traffic mm -hmm. that you now can't have. Yeah. And, and uh, so these other people are paying, they have to probably have fixed rent. Maybe some of them have a graduated scale where, you know, percentage of sales. And that's great because 0% yes. of zero is zero. So yeah. that's great for them. And I know some people in Boise have that, but some of these other bars I'm sure have a fixed rent. And so they have to pay that. And so then their landlord is probably looking, I'm going like, I need rent because they have their expenses yep. and it's not, you can't forgive those. Yeah. And then where does that go? And so... Yeah, I'm in a really, really great position um, compared to most other people, but it's not good at all yes. by any means. Now, and so let's talk about it because you mentioned this, and I think this is a really good point, and it's something that a lot of people haven't fully thought through. Um, as the government's picking industries and winners and losers, on the back end, how they're treating unemployment and unemployment levels aren't subject to who you work for. They're not subject to any of those things which is created even in our industry and what we're looking for, it has an adverse effect. So by shutting you down mm -hmm. and paying for unemployment <laughs> on those people, and I have locations that may not be shut down in um, some of our business, all of a sudden we can't hire anybody because what they're getting for the government to try to cover the industries that they've <laughs> shut down mm -hmm. is more than we can pay employees. And no. so we can't get good people. And in when we're it, we're sitting here going, we're in the highest unemployment in history. We should be able to get good people, yeah. and we should be able to take advantage of this situation as a business owner to hire talent that I may not have gotten otherwise, yeah. right? 
And that is just non-existent. In fact, it's gotten harder for us to get good people in. Mm -hmm. It's harder for us to get employees that we want because they're either not looking for a job or if they are, they actually don't want it. Why would they look for exactly. a job? Exactly. Yeah. It makes no sense at all. So talk about your employees and that situation and how that works and what the what they're getting and why yeah. that's being hard on you. You know, I, I think it, it also comes to a mentality. Um, I am, uh, I'm all, again, I'm really fortunate. My employees, I feel like for the most part, had a really good mentality that they wanted to work even though they could possibly make more money off unemployment because, you know, like uh, I think a majority of people were making a certain amount of money per month and then the $600 and that was just a flat rate no matter how much you made. Yeah. So even if, cause even uh, unemployment is, is dictated off of how much you were making before. So yes. if you made, you know, $50,000 a year, then you'd make X amount. But if you made a hundred thousand dollars, you'd make a little bit more, but then the $600, they were paying to everybody across the board, no matter how much you made. So these and people, unemployment was only a percentage <laughs> of what you made for sure. Where, yeah. and right now they're paying at full. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they, at least in Idaho, they just took away that extra $600 a week for the pandemic situation. Yeah. Um, so we might, we might start seeing people start looking for a job, but before, absolutely. If you're making, um, well over what you could, what you were making actually working hours, then where's the incentive to go look for work? Um, but you know, that also that I guess a lot of people are scared too. There's that whole mentality yeah. too yeah. that. Um, but you know, in terms of me finding the, the people, my employees wanted to come back to work, but I only employed 20 people roughly. It, it fluctuates, but you know, with, with yours, um, I think it, it could go down to a mentality, but also I get why they're looking at it because if yeah. they're making more than what they're, what they would have to actually working hours and they can go out and have fun. Yeah. Why, why would they look for work? There's yeah. no point. Or even too, you got people, they got families. Yeah. Well, I got to think about what's right for my kids. If yeah. I can make more not doing anything mm-hmm. and two, simultaneously, the government shut down schools. Yeah. So all of a sudden now we got families that are working and daycare jobs and daycares. So they can't even they take can't, them to daycare. They can't take them to daycare. Yeah. So now I got to be home with my kids and I can get paid more to provide for my kids. Yeah. Well, then why in the world would I go get a job? Because I have to make less and then I have to try to figure out something to do with my children. And a lot of people are leaving them home. And that is really bad. Yeah. And I've also, I mean, I think even before all this, I've heard of friends that literally have to figure out like where to, where does the balance lie? Like, okay, we're spending X amount on childcare and I make X amount. So if I'm just, if I'm making just as much as I'm paying out in childcare, then I'd rather take care of my kids myself. Yeah. Right. So, but like what you were talking about, if they're making that, if they're making that from an employment and then they can watch their kids are like, that's the best of both worlds for me. Because mm-hmm. like, just like me, I'm looking at also on another, on another aspect, like, Financially, this all sucks, but um, in terms of my time that I get to spend with my daughter, my daughter was yeah. born during this pandemic. Yeah. And so I've seen my daughter, she's a little over three months old today, and um, I've seen my daughter go through many stages, but I also count my blessings because I'm like, I I probably would have seen maybe half of this half, or a yeah, quarter absolutely. of this if things were open. So I definitely, I, I'm like, I'm very... Uh, thankful that I get to see those changes and see my daughter grow up. However, I'm, I'm on the other side. I'm worried that I'm not making enough to be able to provide for her too. Yeah. Um, so 
No, it, that, it's a hard situation. And I understand that, you know, once again, we understand that we need to protect people. We understand that we need to do these things. Absolutely. Yeah. But we have a system that's set up and it, it becomes very complicated. And we're seeing foreclosures of businesses that are going up, up, and up. And at the same time, we see every single asset price that is rising because of government stimulus, as well as two, you're not having individual people get hurt. So it's not like if that business goes under that the employees are getting hurt and it's not like the liabilities are getting hurt. Nobody's getting hurt and affected except for that one business owner that's just trying to do their their business. It's not like, and two, the people that are getting hurt, these aren't people that are super wealthy. Like that's not how this works. No. Right. No, the wealthy ones are making even more money. Yes. They're totally fine. Yeah. It's the mom and pops. It's the people that are just getting started. It's that they're getting obliterated. And two, they don't get the kind of funds that the employees get. So there's no safety net. There's no protection, you know, for this. And yeah, they're doing like a PPP program, but but that is for the employees. Yeah, that's not even geared towards the no, business. It has nothing to do with it. That I mean, yeah, there's small little grants that that are out there, but that doesn't I need stability. I need people coming in the door. I don't need just a one-time payment. I but I also like you you kind of touched on the the government picking and choosing. I I get that there are certain there are certain businesses that are maybe a little more risky than than others during this time. However, they there for one needs to be a little more oversight on some of these other businesses that are supposedly be able to be open, and they're not regulating those protocols that they're supposed to be following. Yes. But also, too, uh, they said that I have to shut down. Let me give me the opportunity to adhere to those protocols and have a little oversight over that to make sure that the the jerks out there that aren't adhering are shut down and the people yes. that are helping with the problem get to stay open in business. You know, reward the people that are actually following the rules. Yeah. No, it, we're in a, a situation that's it, it's interesting to me because the United States has never been in a situation like this, and we mm-hmm. are basically at this point socialized. Um, they're picking who's winning, who's not, Mm -hmm. and they're dictating how things are being paid. They're giving people just income for income and they have to, because they shut down the, the economy. I'm not saying that they shouldn't pay people at full. They should, because it has not those employees. It is not their fault. They got fired. Yeah. But at the same token, how can you say that then? But we're going to let the businesses go. If the businesses go, once the economy starts back up, those people don't have jobs to return to. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. this position where we're racking up debt to pay for people. We're allowing certain segments of the economy stay open. And two, I have a lot of problems with a lot of people do. The fact that you're that the government is openly saying you can go protest with tens of thousands of people, but a hundred people getting together at a social gathering, a funeral, watching your child get bored, mm-hmm. or going to the bar to, to meet with some friends. No, that is wrong, and that transmits COVID-19. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, where people start to have a big problem. It's the fact, too, that it's not even fair. It's not fair to you that all the people in the protest, the thousands of people are walking by your bar that you can't open mm-hmm. because they don't want people to socially gather. And I just want them to admit. Uh, you know, yeah. the the protest is fine, and I... Uh, they I should su- be able to. Yeah, should, they should be hundred percent. Yeah, but, but I just want you them should be able yeah, to too. <laughs> I want them to be able to admit that, hey, or like just get, give some advice and be like, look, the, you guys need to do this protest. 
We encourage you to. However, you need to wear masks and you need to socially distance. And the possibility, just the possibility that some of these increase in cases could be because of the protests. Um, but they, they came out in Idaho after we, you know, after we had our protests. California did the same thing. And obviously, because, you know, you're my best friend and we grew up mm-hmm. in it and I know it's industry, right? I, I don't drink, but yet I know very much yeah. everything you're doing and stuff. And so I'm, you know, I want you to be successful and help you. And when I looked at what was going on and Idaho came out and said, we've had after the protest, we've, and California did the exact same. We've had a, an increase mm-hmm. in COVID-19 and they, they would not say it was from the protest. Instead, they said it was from the bars. Yeah. And you're going, wait, hold on. So you had a population that's a fraction of what was protesting, a fraction mm-hmm. what was protesting. And together, hugging, dancing, or anything, which we agree with. I, you should never take my First Amendment right away under any circumstances. The government should never not allow everyone to walk out on the street and protest. Mm-hmm. That is – don't anybody think that I'm saying that because that is totally wrong. I'm absolutely against that. Mm-hmm. But to say then it has nothing to do with that and you should be able to do that and then identify one industry and say you're to blame. Yeah. That blows my mind because it's not, first of all, it's not logical. It has nothing to do with science. Mm-hmm. And you're just trying to basically pick an escape goat to justify other things yeah. and to justify your actions for closing them down. That's wrong. Yeah. You know, there's, I, I know every state is different with regard to liquor laws and how those licenses for liquor is operated. But here in Idaho, um, we have a quota system to where they, they issue out a certain amount of number of liquor licenses for the, the population. And so in Boise, you know, it, Boise and the Treasure Valley is growing, but Boise itself is not growing as rapidly in the number of houses that are being built and stuff. Yeah. So the population doesn't change as much as, as like Meridian, Nampa and some of these surrounding cities right around Boise. So the, the number of liquor licenses that are pushed out, um, is, is not as many. And so my liquor license is as value. It, I, 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 They've talked about putting a cap on that value, but right now, you know, I could say that I could probably sell my liquor license for hundred to two hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Just the license itself. I could still operate business. I just wouldn't be able to sell liquor and I'd still have my business. But so that, that, that lick, that license is a value. So I wonder, I don't know for sure, but I wonder if that's a part of the reason why they, they can, come after us it's because they know that we cannot open because um they hang that license over a head got it because it's government issued mm-hmm. but well then too though they're closing down all the kids place trampoline parks yeah everything true. else but no you're right that's really easy to enforce when they hold your license absolutely you know they know and the and even the 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 laws are really stringent um i don't quote me uh, exactly on this, but I had heard that let's just say compare Portland to, to Boise here in Idaho. I had heard in Portland, if you get three dings, three, uh, uh, like, um, fines against your license in Portland, it was three dings within like six months to a year, something like that. So, but here in Idaho, it's three dings against your license in five years. So for instance, dings against your license is like, a 
if I get caught serving to a minor, like if somebody makes a mistake um, and lets a minor in and they drink alcohol and we get caught, then we get a dinger against our license. If we overserve too much alcohol, then we could get a dinger against our license or some other things. If a cop comes in, we get a ticket and a license. If we get three of those, technically we're supposed to shut down. Now you can kind of plea bargain with the government and, and close down for a certain amount of days, but it's a huge fine and then a huge loss in revenue. Um, <clears throat> those are the stringent laws that are against the liquor license that we're faced up against. So, you know, if we even try to go like, you know, we don't agree with what the government's doing, we're going to open up. They'll just pull your license. They'll pull our license yep. or they'll, they'll give us like three fines within a year and then we're, and then we're out of business. Yep. And we lost this thing that's worth quite a bit of money. You know, this is interesting when you say this because a lot of states have moved towards also gyms or another thing that's closed down. I used to be in the gym industry. We own gyms. We've sold them all off. Um, thankfully, right now, that <laughs> turns out to be a really good move. But um, when we look at it, and I follow some people online um, in Michigan, things at which they have um, – they've defied the government's order and they're saying yeah. we don't believe we are operating a good business and they've tracked every single person in through their gyms they have um all these policies procedures social distancing covering up so they're being very safe they're being open mm -hmm. about it every single person they track they record has never had one case of COVID 19 ever so they've done the contract yes. case, contact casing exactly or, yeah whatever that and is. so they're it's it's not like they're just saying screw you we're open up the yeah and um, they defied the governor, and the governor was very upset. Yeah. He publicly identified this one business, yeah. and uh, they fined them, They everything else. They locked their doors, so then the business took the doors off the hinges and opened it up for the business. <laughs> and wow. they said, no, we are opening. And they say, this is against your constitutional ability to do this. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, then they came and arrested them. The, the business owner, business owner, because wow. they had their doors open. The business owner was released as of this morning, and he's gone back. They're they're not leaving. He's went straight back to his business to open wow. it back up, and they're taking him to federal court, and uh, they're taking the state to federal court. And you wonder, you know, when I look at this, um, and you say. First of all, is he doing anything wrong? This is also the exact same state that currently, as we're speaking, riots are burning down buildings. They've had this one location has had over $50 million in damages and two people have been murdered and the governor won't even condemn it. And two, they mm -hmm. have protests every day, which the governor marched in the protests. Mm -hmm. And you look at that and you say, what is going on? You're attacking to, once again, picking and choosing. He said, um, they said, bars, gyms, all the event business, right? There's this segment oh. of the industry. You have to shut down. Um, and if you don't, we'll arrest you. And uh, which they aren't quite getting away with. Um, but yet we believe in celebration. So they didn't want to cancel the gay pride parades. They're not canceling the Black Lives Matters parades. In fact, they're going down and marching with them. Uh, businesses are being destroyed and ruined. And you look at the environment and you're kind of going, this is so skewed, which once again, I am for everything except for all the illegal actions and mm -hmm. burning buildings down. <clears> throat> throat> Obviously, that's wrong. They should go to prison. But when you look at the state where we're in, I don't care. You should never stop anyone from protesting. That governor should get out with the protesters and he should have people on his shoulders and he should be able to walk down the street. But you have to keep things the same for everyone. 
right? Yeah. We have yeah. to be, and that was the thing about <laughs> the economy before. When you competed, you competed with other people in your area. Mm -hmm. You had to get good employees. You had to offer them a better deal, better work environment, better pay package, right? Then when a new restaurant or bar opened up and they had this bar offered something that you didn't, yeah. you had to adapt. You had to move over. Sure. It was all fair though. Yeah. Right? It was all even. And yeah. right now, it's not. It's yeah. not. I saw a meme just the other day and it had a picture of uh had a picture of just a single beer sitting on a bar top and it said this is illegal or something like that. It was yeah. this illegal or this is not allowed. And then the next picture down below that was a beer with fries and this is okay. This exactly. is allowed. And exactly. unfortunately, I don't have any I don't have any food. I've got chips and like free bar snacks, but Which, that doesn't it. count, but fries do. Yes. I mean, it, technically, they, they said that you had to have 60% food before all of this happened um, to to be able to open up as a restaurant. And so uh, th that's also the thing, too, is like, for for one, my bar is so small that I don't have the, the facility yeah. or the room to put a grill in there. And I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this either, but I'm pretty sure that they said that you had to have been a restaurant or 60% food before all this happened. Oh, so, so you can't even adapt. Now, I, I haven't looked yeah. into that yet because I don't have the – I yeah, mean, I would have to buy have thousands upon thousands of dollars to put a grill in there. I mean – I guess maybe trying, I could roll in a barbecue. after what you've been through now, too, especially, you're like, I got to use my savings. I can't. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at, like, right now I'm looking at, like, I can close down the bar and keep the, the cost to a very minimal and go out and go go back to what I used to do with being in real estate or doing loans or yeah. something and do that temporarily um, for the time being until something – until they open up again just because but it's a big But you're in a situation gamble. that you can though because you don't have to pay all those True. expensive leases. But yeah, not not everyone is. No. I, I mean I'm – again, I'm super fortunate because yeah. of that. But there's so many other people, not even just Boise, across the nation yeah. that are they're hurting pretty badly. And as of right now today, we have no – and this is another – problem that I have. As businesses, we have to do projections. I have expenses. I have to meet certain revenue models or else I can't pay bills mm -hmm. and I go under, right? Yeah. I know that I have a time of period with savings, things that I've done. Like you've set yourself up very well. Mm -hmm. You did the uh, great kind of financing that was advantageous to you, which mm -hmm. everyone should do. You also had savings, right? But those things are patches, right? All of us, I have them and everything, but I don't expect to not be in business for a year. Yeah. Not being able to collect revenue for a year means I'm bankrupt. Yeah. I mean, it, it just doesn't work. I'm looking at my savings right now in my business accounts and we're, we're at a point where that's, that's why I, you know, reached out to AJ because I know he's got a lot of stuff going on or sorry, you've got a lot of stuff talking to the viewers, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, um, I, I looked at that and I'm like, I, I projected that if I keep dwindling away my savings, I've only got like a month and a half left. Um, and what if one of my other revenue streams goes under? Like what if one of my tenants uh, has to move out and I can't find somebody to move in there? Then I might, then it gets cut in half and I've still, I'm just like, I need to do something now. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's kind of where I'm sitting. You know, it, once again, we, we've had these conversations already and it, it's frustrating. Because I think there's a narrative like, you know, screw big businesses, screw this stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that's not what it is. This is not – these are normal people. These are families that have businesses that employ people and pay them. 
and they're trying to make it. There is no stockholders that are taking <laughs> yeah. the beating of this, right? They're not a publicly traded company. It doesn't mean, work like yeah, that. I, <laughs> and it's, you know, there's a disconnect and the narrative that they're pitching is, is not true. These are small businesses that have retail shops that are getting shut down, that are getting closed. Gym owners, most of the gyms in America are not owned by major, major, major corporations. Yeah. No, they're single owner operated gyms. The people that own them work in them. They're not some big hedge fund. No. Some of them might be, but yeah, but the vast majority are yeah. not. No, it's a mom and pop shop. Exactly. And, and funeral homes and wedding venues and, you know, most of this industry that is getting shut down, this isn't big money. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. The, the, the narrative is that like screw big businesses and corporations and stuff. But I think they've said that small businesses is the, is the backbone of America. And even in Boise, I think that yes. I can't remember the, the percentage of the population of the economy is supported by small businesses. Huge That's who I am. Yes. That's how a majority of these people, these yes. companies are. And that's the middle class yeah. um, that is hurting the most right now because because people the government is dictating who can operate and who can't. Well, and because once again you have to plan everything, and now you can't. You don't know. It's not like the. It's not like they 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 sat you down and said, Dan, listen, we got to shut you down for a few weeks. Um, we understand this is going to hurt. We're going to do everything in our power to try to make the best for public safety. But um, we'll have you up and running here in a month. So let's just work on getting through that. No, that's not how it works at all. You're shut down. Pay your expenses, pay your bills. You can't do anything. We'll throw you in jail if you do. And when are you going to open up? You'll open up when I think you can. Well, and that's the last. So the last year in Boise, we heard from the mayor, like after we were open for three weeks, we heard from the mayor that we had a 30-day closure. So the 23rd of this month was the end of that 20, that 30 days. So they decided the day before we're all, we're all like, okay, from past history, we know we're probably not going to open because of how you evaluated before. So we're waiting to hear on the 22nd, the, the governor had, uh, had a meeting, I think at like noon or something and it was super vague. Didn't really say whether, you know, whether we were going to open or not. And like, all right, what do I got to do? So I called Central District Health along with a bunch of other bar owners. We're like, okay, where is this? But the governor had put it in Central District Health hands and said, they will determine when you open. And basically Central District Health told me that we don't know when you're, when you're going to open. We can't give you a deadline and you're, we'll, we'll let you know. I'm like, how do I plan for that? How do you, I mean, it's, it's not even, it's so irrational. And so when you look at it, you have to say, and this is what I get down to at the end of the day, this has nothing to do with you. You were doing everything and everybody is all these industries, right? Mm -hmm. They were doing what's right. They were making their money, surviving everything. And it's not even that your customers don't want to come. It has nothing to do with business. It's mandated. So we're not seeing though bailouts, so to speak. All the big guys got the bailouts, right? Yeah. But small business owners, no, you just go under and go away. Mm -hmm. So it has nothing to do with you. You are competitive. You're doing great, right? It's government forced mm -hmm. and they're not even coming to help. They're not even coming to save. And we'll, we'll see what the they next package like is and everything is. They act like they do. But while they're doing that, businesses are going bankrupt and shutting down all over America. Mm -hmm. And that's frustrating for me. Because when you get started, when you take these loans, when you 
buy locations, when you invest in your business and you hire people, there's an expectation that I can do it and I can make it. That's what America's about, right? And the government stays out of your way and says, listen, if you do a great job, you should be able to make it. Yeah. And so you take on the debt. Yeah. You take, I take on, on risk, the risk. The risk. I, I, sorry, I'm going to go on go. a little bit yeah. of a tangent, but uh, that's, I think, what most people don't understand as employees. Like, there, there needs to be business owners, there needs to be entrepreneurs, and there needs to be employees, and most of that is a mentality. However, an employee can go just get another job. You know, there's really no liability yeah. or risk because you just apply, you get a job, and they start paying you. Whereas I owe close to a couple million dollars in in liabilities and debt, and if I can't pay that, then I do I claim bankruptcy, and then I I'm I'm screwed. Yeah, I I have so much more liability compared to anything else out there with in terms of like yeah. employees. Um, and I feel like most people just don't understand the, the, the liability that, yeah. that I'm, that well, most people not face. Not only do you take a liability, like I always say, you know, people say, ah, oh, the buck stops with the boss. That's not true at no. all. The, the, the boss gets the last, whatever's left over of yeah. the buck, if there's anything left over. Then, so also the, the employees are, I suppose when we got shut down, um, so we got shut down, oh, how long has it been now? Like three months ago or um we we are in multiple states and they're all handling things differently um but there was a period of time where we 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 were shut down at all our locations and we came out and told our employees we said listen we're not going to lay anybody off we're going to pay you um even if that's just out of our pocket yeah and we thought this is a great thing to do um we thought they'd be grateful which was funny um and um when we opened back up and asked employees to go back to soon, they were mad. Hmm. And we got so much flack and people were comparing us to horrible people. And people were like, you don't care about us and everything. And I'm like, we're trying to help you. We just paid for your salaries out of, you know, we weren't even operating. Yeah. We're paying for you Where to you sit at home. You, yeah, exactly. And it's this weird narrative that I don't know if they're sitting on, you know, the couch watching CNN and saying, Oh, you guys are, you know, you guys are making all this money and screwing us and everything. And it, it, it was, it was very strange for me. I didn't expect it at all. Mm-hmm. And then you start to look at it and learn, well, if we would have fired them, they would have made more money. Oh. And they said that we were subjecting them basically to death and that they were going you were, to die. Were you asking them to come into work? Yeah. We were asking them to come into work, okay, but gotcha. we were not allowing people to go in. So they had to oh. they had to come to work, but they didn't have to interact with people. I just asked them to, hey, could you answer emails and maybe make phone calls? Yeah, you just remember, come to work. We're paying you. <laughs> yeah, and um, we got a ton of flack for that, well, and that shocked me. I got to be honest; I, I was yeah. not prepared for that at all. There was never one thank you. There was never anything yeah. like that. When you say, "Listen, we're going to pay all our," you know, our you know, we have tens of millions of debt, and you know, we have these storage portfolios all over, and we're paying your bills, we're paying everything, we're being good stewards, everything, and no one ever said thank you. It's then when we said, praise. "Hey, would you mind coming in and making some phone calls, answering emails, so you know we can not go under," yeah, um, and we, I, I was met with um, hostility in a lot of cases, which shocked me. I did not expect that. Mm. Um, so I think you're right. I think there's this weird perception. Where it's like, you guys are getting bailed out. 
you guys are making the government's making you or you have enough money to last forever yeah. and we're and you're putting us in harm's way and if you would have let me go I could have been making more money and so it's like we live in this upside down world that as employers we're trying to navigate but we you don't know when you're going to open back up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're all going to be shut down again, right? As of right now, you have states where we're really lucky we don't have locations in, like California and places like that, that they are. They're shut back down again. Mm-hmm. And that only lasts for so long. Yeah, We can only survive for so long. And when you look at reinvesting, I mean, how, how much are you trying to reinvest now? Are you trying to buy any other bars right now? Or are you trying to, you know? You know, before when this year started, I absolutely had this idea in my mind and I was going to open up another bar. And now I'm just like, holy crap, no, I need to diversify. But I can't even if I diversify right now because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to just make ends meet. Cash is king. You can't yeah. get rid of it because <laughs> you got to use it to pay bills. Yeah. So, no, I mean, it's. It's absolutely crazy what's going on right now. And I'm, I'm getting stronger and stronger feelings as this goes on because we all thought that it was going to shut down, open back up. And we would go on with life, which I think everyone was okay making that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. When they first came out and said, you know, whatever, four to 10 million Americans are going to die. Oh, yeah. Everybody's like, no, we will do whatever it takes to stop this. We will fight this. We will all shut down. We will, you know, on and on and on and on. And then it turns out that, First of all, four million not only was an over exaggeration, mm-hmm. it was some weird fantasy land that we're at one hundred and thirty eight thousand in the entire United States, which is horrific. But it is still not even the top ten killers of, uh, of Americans. Yeah. We're still not even the you know worst pandemics, and we are trending higher than the flu. That's still horrible, horrific. I'm not saying it's bad, but at the same time. The consequences of our actions are not only catastrophic, mm-hmm. they're destroying lives and the economy and they're not – And it, we're not set up to run like this and so they keep going back and forth. We're shut yeah. down. We're open. We're picking. We're choosing um, and it's just this environment where people are getting upset and everyone feels like they're getting left behind. Yeah. Everybody. I don't know anybody that feels like they're winning in this. Well, yeah. there probably is some. There's some but – I mean, what about Not the we CEO of Charmin? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, sure all, all, the CEOs, <laughs> all the CEOs, because of the printing money, when you print money, you devalue the dollar. So money flows into other asset classes like stocks and those stocks go up. So they're all hitting records, mm-hmm. um, which I guess good for them. That's not us. We don't have stocks, right? I make my money on cash, cash flow. That's yeah. why we call this cash flow to freedom. <laughs> I make money on cash flow. If I don't net positive cash, I don't make money mm-hmm. and we go yeah. under. And But even those stocks, even if you do have stocks, it's just it's just a number on a piece of paper until yeah, you actually exactly. take the money out. Exactly. So you might the only at, one that's making it is the CEO because yeah. he gets a bonus, which the the company pays him for hitting stock prices. But if you own a bunch of stocks, which I do, I own a lot of stock. That does nothing for me. That doesn't yeah, pay my bills. You just that pull up do your phone and look at those numbers and you're like, okay, great. That number increased, but that still doesn't help you pay your bill nope. until you actually pull that money out. Well, in fact, then, you got to pay taxes on it. Yeah, absolutely. So it actually hurts you. <laughs> if you don't make, if you're not making money and your stocks go up, you now have to pay taxes on that gain. It's like, and then you're back to the, yeah, where you're at before. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a weird world we're living in because modern, Economic philosophy doesn't even work. You can't mm-hmm. even make decisions, particularly long-term decisions. And we, you know, 
we we don't have a leader right now who's standing up saying this is the plan. Here's where we're going, and here's where we get out. Which actually, I kind of believe not having a centralized one. You should let the states determine what they want. But also, too, there it's we I, we have we've our rights have been taken away as people, and the dictation of rights that you have based upon how someone feels is something that I don't think we were ever designed as Americans to be okay with. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone ever thought that picking winners and losers and which who has first amendment rights and who doesn't, Mm -hmm. which right now you can protest for certain things, but you cannot protest for other things. That doesn't make sense. It's illogical. It's unfair. I wonder if I got all the bartenders and all the bar owners and I went down to city hall and here in Boise and started protesting about this. I wonder like what kind of what I'd be met with, with, opposition yeah. from the government or people or perception i don't know i mean because there's there's a lot of industry industry like uh service industry people yeah. here in idaho um i bet you i could get a pretty large number I there bet you could too. and and then protest this i wonder if that be more effective i mean and, and kind of go back on like we've been trying to uh try to plead our case we've been there is there's one bar owner here um rocky johnson owner of hump and hump and hannah's um she she's been kind of the the front runner to communicate with all the other bar owners to send out emails and and plead our case and we've been trying to go the the appropriate routes of sending letters to the mayor and and cdh and working with them and like saying here this is what we can do let us open um, but so far it hasn't been successful. Um, yeah, for that first three weeks, it was kind of successful. Then they shut us down, which also too, like we, we had a, we had a meeting with, I literally had a zoom call with the, the director of central district health. And we had all the major players of the bar owners in downtown Boise get on the zoom call and talk about, because we were seeing the number of cases go up. Uh, this was the second week that we were open and they said, this is a concern. So we need to, we need to try to think about how we can stop this. So all the bar owners agreed, like, okay, we can all do a better job of adhering to 50% capacity. We literally handed out masks to every person that came in the door. So we spent money, which they did give it, the government did give us some masks as well, um, to pass out, but we passed this out. We had here to 50% capacity. Um, and we, we tried the best that we could, but the thing was, it almost seemed like they, they did that just to appease us because I got an email. We had the, we had it on Thursday, the before the weekend. The weekend's the big time for me. And then Saturday at 1150 PM, I get an email basically saying they were going to shut us down. Um, and I'm like, well, you didn't even give us a chance. You didn't even give us one weekend to prove that we can After do this. After you went and bought all the supplies to do it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and the thing was like, it, the, the literally came from the the director, um, the director of central district health mouth that he was getting a lot of pressure from from media, yeah, to control this problem with the increase in cases. So yes, I'm sure that it was some of his decision making was from health and science and some of those other things, but also a portion of it was from media, was dictating his decisions in this. So if the media, and they even told us that the media was going to be out taking pictures, taking video of the bars, and if 
we were not adhering if they didn't see a majority of people wearing masks or adhering to fifty percent capacity. Most likely, we were going to get shut down because the media was, was determining their decision. Well, we didn't shut down. So uh, Idaho said we're not shutting down. Mm-hmm. So MSNBC ran a big thing on our governor, which they bashed on him for like twenty minutes. The next day, they came out and said we're shutting down. Yeah, it had nothing to do, and he he openly even acknowledges it. He's like, "Yeah, that was I got too much heat." I can't do it. Yeah. And so all of a sudden we're in an environment where we're being bullied and mm-hmm. to do things that, you, no, excuse me. Politicians are being bullied into making us do. Absolutely. Things. They I, have no risk. They don't have to do it. Yeah. So they're like, well, I'm not going to take the flack. I'm just going to make you guys do it. And you guys have all the risk. You take all the flack and two, you're the bad guys. Yeah. I'm going to, because I don't want to be the bad guy. So I'm taking my hands off this. Well, and what's interesting too, kind of with like the politics taking too much heat uh, the the director of Central District Health is not an appointed position. He's or he's not a, a, an elected position. He is uh, appointed by county commissioners. However, county commissioners are public. Ele- um, we we vote them in, yes. and so and he said that they was getting pressure from them. them. So they're getting pressure, and they're probably also getting pressure as well. And so yeah, it's this political game of. Uh, of media pressuring the yeah. some of these elected officials because their election is coming up in October, exactly. November. And so it's never been more important, which too, for me, comes down to the vast majority of the reasons we're doing it. You've had, uh, what is it? I think we've had three U.S. senators tweet out, say, we can't open up the economy. And they're very vocal about it because if we do, Trump's going to get elected again, which I'm like, what does that have to do with me? Yeah. I don't care whether Trump's a president or not. I just want to and pay my bills. Exactly. And how do you, you making political decisions and to having the ability for your political agenda to make us suffer. That is horrific. And two, the other side's doing the same thing, right? Trump's sending out Trump box. Trump's yeah. they're doing all this stuff. It's simply to get elected. So we're all caught in this big mess and politics are playing and you got the media who is making narratives that these business owners are horrible people, which they are literally going out and they're doxing business owners. They're going out, they're finding them, they're telling everybody this business owner is bad. They're yeah. doing this, they're trying to keep open. And so these, you know, we're all getting bullied. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I, it's just weird. We've never seen anything like this. And we wish it was going to go away, right? I mm-hmm. wish this was going to end. When at first, once again, everybody was on board with the shutdown. Everyone was I, on board. I literally sent an email to um, some of our elected officials when all of this happened, said, hey, I, I am in support of a shutdown because the likelihood that maybe I maybe um, could collect from uh, insurance wise um, from being a forced shutdown, then maybe I can collect some of that to help mm-hmm. leverage some of the bills and stuff. Ended up not getting anything from insurance, um, but I was in full support of it as well. And and also, I was scared of all this too, um, you know, because of what I heard. Yeah, we were all were, and we're like, listen, we need to do this. I had no problem shutting it, none, zero. Then once the data come out, once mm-hmm. we see the results, and we say, okay, this isn't actually anything like you said it was projected. This is different. And two, it's not going away. That's an important thing. Yeah, it's not going away. COVID nineteen's here. I'm going away. Well, I'm probably going to get crucified for this, but I'm pretty passionate about it as well. Is that I feel like at some point there needs to be a, li- a line drawn in the sand of saying what what are we willing to accept? Yes, um, we have to look at 
we, we, I get that there's a lot of fear and rightfully so it seems like COVID-19 is, is specifically targeting the older generation and yes. the people with underlying health conditions. Absolutely. Because I've seen that within my own personal sphere of influence, it affecting specifically those people. There's a guy in my neighborhood that I talk to every single day when I t- go on walk with my dog, he got it and he told me his experience and it's, it's awful. Awful. Um, awful. so I get it. My mom's got, uh, uh diabetes and, and I, she watches my kid. And so I don't want to expose her. Yes. However, even with that being said, there still needs to be a line drawn in the sand and look at, okay, the, the total number of cases, and I get that there's some controversy about how how that's reported, whatever, um, and the and the death rate, and look at like okay, the percentage of the death rate is this much. What are we willing to accept? Because yeah. this is not going away. We don't have a vaccine, and people are going to lose their livelihoods, just like myself. Um, otherwise, we have to reinvent ourselves. Well, there's nothing controversy about that, though. Yeah. We do that in every single industry. If like Joe Biden said, the economy is not worth one life. If that's not true, you would shut down. We wouldn't have tobacco we wouldn't companies. Have, we wouldn't, we wouldn't cars. have cars. We wouldn't have anything. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard yeah. in my life. We send people to work that we know that the death rate doing that job is multiple times we, higher than COVID-19. We keep cigarette companies in, in business. Yes. And we know that that kills people. people. Yeah. It's it's just stupid. So we know that there's a line somewhere. Mm-hmm. And we also know that that line is not anywhere near COVID. Yeah. Because everyone dies from cars, from all these other things that we do every single day at rates that are astronomically higher than COVID-19. So when you look at it, when we say we want to look at the science, we want to look at the facts, you're right. What are we willing to live with as Americans? Because yeah. if we're not willing to live with this then it just needs to be fair. That's all I'm saying. Then we shouldn't, we should have zero tolerance for every other thing, which Mm -hmm. if not, then what are we doing? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And I don't want to play politics, right? You don't, I don't, I want to make money. I feel like most people hate politics. Oh, absolutely. It's so ridiculous. And we shouldn't need to be getting involved in it. And this should have nothing to do with politics. Yeah, it should have nothing to do. We nothing. should listen to the scientists. Also, you know, drawing that line in sand as well. When? Where is yeah. it acceptable? Where is it not? Yeah. I mean, I remember if if you look back at all the different viruses that have come in the last 20 years, I don't care whether it's SARS, anything else like that, bird flu, all that, right? We didn't even remotely do anything close to this, even close to this. Mm-hmm. And the death rates were comparable. And so if you say this is, if we, if we have a death rate like COVID-19, we're shutting down the economy, we're never going to be running. Do you think, just a random thought, do you think that like compared to with the other viruses that came out before, nowadays social media helps information yes. just widespread out so much more and we're so much more influenced by it to where when these other viruses came out, we didn't have – the, the same spread of information? Do yeah. you think that that conne- yes. is a connection there? I, I think there's a connection between media and social media a hundred percent. And I think the political connection is a hundred percent. Denying that is ridiculous because it is a political issue. In fact, it's the number one. So obviously it's been politicized and obviously the media has taken this thing and just ran with it. Yeah. And it's, um, if you look at all the top media companies, they're, they're having a heyday. 
This is the oh, best time. This is the best time for news that there's ever been. Fear right. sells people. It sells, it sells, it sells. Oh, yeah. Well, right? And media is out there to get views, which they're doing, and that's how they make their money, and that's how they yep. get their ratings. And so you're right. Like, I hadn't really thought about it like that, but every single media company, they're, you know, I would assume, I've got to assume that everybody's pretty good. I, I, I have more of the mentality yes. of like 99% of the population is, is good hearted, good yes. people. However, you know, they're probably good people, but then they're like, oh we're incentive based people. Yeah. Though. So it doesn't matter. I, I, Warren Buffett is the best quote that I've ever heard. You want to know what someone's going to do? Show me what incentives they have. Y- good people do things that we think are contrary because of incentives mm-hmm. every day, all day yeah. long. Trust me. I do. You have no idea how much junk food I eat. That doesn't <laughs> even make sense. I'm a good person, but. That's really bad, as I'm over right? here drinking my green tea and matcha. And exactly. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm chugging Sparkly. caffeine. Too, so, you know, uh, it's but we are whatever incentives we have lying in, in front of us. If it's easier for me to get takeout food delivered to me mm. and keep working than than make my own food and meal prep and I got my kids serving, I'm not going to do it. Right? Why do you think obesity is a problem? So I I totally agree. And when you have these media companies that are exploding right now. CNN, Fox, MSNBC, they are at their highest viewerships they've been in. And I don't even know how long ever they're at the topping. They're killing it. They're minting money off this pandemic because everyone is terrified. They're glued to the screen. I don't operate like that. And before I get a bunch of hate mail and people saying, you know, you don't know what it's like and stuff. Trust me, I know what being on a ventilator is like. So been there, done that. <laughs> I don't need to hear that, which I've already been told. Well, maybe you should be on a ventilator and then hear how it like, Well, well he I haven't. So I've been I remember there, going to the hospital that day and I thought I was going to lose my best friend. That yeah, was it was rough. So I'm not in any way, and neither is Dan, discounting the suffering that is happening. Mm-hmm. That's not what this is about. But two, I don't discount the fact that suffering doesn't go away and that we do in the United States come to terms with there is an acceptable amount of suffering. Mm -hmm. That needs to be fair and even across the board. We all need to participate in it fair and evenly. But two, I also believe that there should be rights that no matter the suffering can never be taken away from us Mm -hmm. ever. This is a universal concept. And I believe with COVID-19 that – all of us should be able to participate in Black Lives Matter marches or whatever other marches we want. We should get out and we should do it. And I also believe that there's no problem to have a discussion to say, I think the government's doing this wrong and that we should have the ability. Absolutely. This is free speech. And so we should be able to do it. And we shouldn't be harassed for it. You shouldn't be bullied to do these kind of things. And right now, we're seeing an erosion of our rights that is, it, to me, it is scary. And it is scary how you know, much power the government seemingly has. It's scary how much power Trump has. It's scary how much power that all the governors have. Um, Once again, we don't like politics. I don't want to do that. I want to make money. And when I look at people like you and other people like these gym owners and all these industries, massive industries, that they are not only not supported by the government nor the media, they're bearing all this burden. We're seeing defaults already happen. And these people are taking this brunt end of this um, narrative that we've come accustomed to that you're part of the problem, mm-hmm. which that's just not true. Yeah. And if we're going to do that, then they should support you. They should literally pay your bills. Because yeah. if we say that that it is too much risk 
for you to be open, then we should also say it is worth the money we have to spend to make sure you can stay closed, but also but also stay in business. Yeah, not dip into my own yeah. savings. Because like I, we do that with people. Yeah. We're paying them right now. Absolutely. So why not? You know, why is my my why is my savings dwindling away while which I've also heard that there is some talk within commerce that there's going to be some funds coming out towards small businesses and or very specifically the bars and nightclubs and the and the the clubs that are deemed less necessary yeah. than any other. However, that hasn't happened yet. No. And you know, we all know how the government operates, how slow everything yes. goes and how much bickering goes between each sides of yeah. Yeah, it just like I, I don't count on that any money coming my way at any time um, because of what you know what we've seen in the past. And if we have any congressmen or senators listening, listen, yeah, if you're going to shut us down, then pay for us to survive. Mm-hmm. You do it for everybody else. In once again, too, me and Dan don't want checks from the government. Don't want, never have, never do. Yeah, we just want to run our businesses. I'm, and if we fail. We should have the right to fail because we didn't do a good job. Think about the irony of this. As a business, I don't know if everybody knows, but as a business, we pay a certain amount of money every single month uh, for unemployment. Like I literally mm-hmm. pay uh, unemployment insurance into every single month for employees to who get laid off or whatever for them to collect unemployment. My Right now, I am literally collecting my own unemployment that I've paid into every single month. However, that's, you know, insignificant, but I've never been on unemployment in my entire life. I've been unemployed in my entire life, but I never collected unemployment because I just went out and I, you know, I was unemployed for a little while when I was a lot younger. And then I, you know, I sat on the couch and watched TV, played video games, and then, uh, and then decided, okay, I need to go get a job because I'm running out of money. Um, but yeah, this time it, it took a lot of pride to to go on to the the, the site and co- and apply for unemployment because that's not my mentality. I don't want anybody yeah. to to carry me. Which on. once again, your business that is failing has to pay for it, and you're going. Yeah. This it, we live in this weird cuckoo world where yeah. you know it's just crazy. But we know this has been long, been a rant. But outside <laughs> COVID nineteen, once this is all solved, once this is all figured out this year, because trust me, it will be politicians are never going to argue and all the media is going to have the best absolute incentives for us. They're going to look out for us. So once that all happens <laughs> next year, let's talk about the future. What are your plans? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to achieve? And, and two, how has this affected what you're going to do in the future? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I, uh, like I talked about before, I had thought about um, opening up another bar, but I decided I need to diversify a little bit more. Um, so right now, I guess my, my plan is, is I own a, a one rental right now. When I was a lot younger, I pretty much, I think they call it house hacking. I, I purchased a duplex, lived on one side, rented out the other. They basically covered my mortgage. It's been, it's been an awesome ride and I, and I love it. I want to, I want to do more than that. And then I bought the bar and I was pretty much saving for probably like eight years to buy the bar. And long um, time. You guys sacrificed a lot to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, trust me, when we wanted to go on ski trips, I mean, mean, (laughs) it was everything. Dan's like, no, I can't do that. Hey, let's go out to eat. Hey, listen, I, I, I'm trying to save. It was pennies, everything he could scrounge. Well, and that's what that, I, I think what I had to do. I think you've talked about on some of your other podcasts of, 
the sacrifices that you had made. You know, I, I went out on occasion. I went out and drank on occasion, but majority of the time I did not. And I watched how much I was saving. I literally had a coin jar that I would put pennies in and everything. And then I'd go to the bank and cash that in for four or $500 after, you know, several months or so. And that's what I had to do. Um, and so I've, I've thought about diversifying of getting right now back into some sort of real estate. Um, you know, I do have that value of the, the property that I have. So I've thought about leveling up, trying to sell that because right now the real estate market in Boise is still really good. So I could sell that, but I have to, and then, and then reinvest it into maybe a quadplex or something. So that, that's kind of, the the future of where I'm looking at right now, I thought about the idea of of buying an, like an online business and getting into that. I this has forced me to open up an online portion of my bar right now. So we're selling just cactus merch. Um, but you know, I didn't I didn't do that in the hopes that I was going to sell a bunch. It was more of the experience of how do I create my website? How do I start selling things online? How do I start shipping things? And we've shipped a few things. Um, but those are the avenues that I'm kind of looking at because I look at COVID-19, no online businesses are being shut down. Yep. Um, and so they're that's booming good. all the, you know, this, this shutdown has made uh, uh, Jeff Bezos, like the <laughs> richest person in the world, because all the things that we went out and bought, whether it's alcohol or anything else, um, we're all doing on Amazon now because he has it available. Yeah. Oh, so. and I know my wife buys so much on Amazon. Yes. I get a package every day and it's actually <laughs> funny because I love Christmas. I love yeah. presents. It's one of my favorite times of the year and I get home and I'm like, Ooh, a package. And so I pick it up. I'm like, Ooh, damn it, it's for Amanda. <laughs> Why can't she just put my name on it? Exactly. And order this stuff? <laughs> oh no, that's awesome. And you know, it, it's true. It's, we, we're pivoting and I think everybody's pivoting now, which is yeah. interesting because um, I, I feel like to, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like, well, the government set a precedent. When's the next COVID-19 and how do I diversify my revenues? And mm -hmm. what do I do if our, our standard locations have to be shut down and how do I open up other businesses that are more resilient uh, to these type of activities? Cause there will be another COVID-19. And as of right now, we have a president, a precedent to shut down the entire economy and our businesses. And two, also, COVID-19 is not even close to the worst virus that has hit us or flu or anything in the last hundred years. Not even close. Yeah. So when's the next one? And um, these are, it's weird because these are things we, you know, I, I don't know. I hadn't I even thought about that. Yeah, before. I hadn't even thought. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I don't think anybody would fathom no. what they'd have to do, but... In times of adversity, yeah. there there's times of growth. And yes. so I do think that this is good, that hopefully businesses will start to diversify and they'll also start to think of better ways to do things. Yes. So let's all think about better ways to run our businesses, more efficient ways to do things. I think, you know, the the, the amount of people that are doing Zoom calls nowadays, I, I feel for them. My wife does them all the time and she – she realized the last that she hadn't left the house in a whole week. She had yeah. seen people kind of uh, yeah. on, on zoom calls, but that also I think is, is in a way like maybe that's a more efficient way for some things to yeah. do, to do businesses. Um, and so, yeah, you, you know, can maybe, drop your yeah. travel expenses. You can do this. It's, mm -hmm. a, you know, and, and two, I think also one of the best parts about what has gone on is I think all of us have had to reconsider 
what we believe is essential and what that means. And there are some aspects of the economy we cannot live without. We literally can't survive. Mm -hmm. And how do we treat those? How do we treat those people that in a pandemic, they still have to go pick up the garbage, right? They, everybody got unemployment, but when you're an essential business worker at a hospital dealing with COVID, you don't get the option, right? You have to work. And uh, how do we treat those people? How do we see these businesses that these people, which lots of times too, are not the most highly paid people, Mm -hmm. that these are the people that are going to keep us going. These are the people, these are the businesses that are going to keep us safe in times when, you know, COVID-19 could have been way worse, way worse. And um, those people would have still had to sacrifice and risk their lives for the general population. And when you look at how we get products and services, you know, obviously the fact of us relying on China to get all the stuff, when that shut down, whoa, did that cause problems? Yeah. And so what in the United States do we need to survive when borders shut down? Mm -hmm. Um, Because... They still are. We still have countries that won't accept Americans and we won't accept them. Um, And so I think this is, you're right, there is growth and we need to learn and we need to change and we need to be better and we need to figure out that when this happens next time, and it's not COVID-19, it is something where the death rate's 4 million Americans, which blows your mind to even think of something like that. Um, But when it happens, how are we going to survive? Our healthcare system was not prepared for this. Mm -hmm. How do we get better? Yeah. And where are we putting our dollars to ensure that we're, we're, we're better prepared? Um, so in that, in that aspect, I think that COVID-19 was a massive blessing. Do you need to figure goodness. out your, your figures yeah. here and your yeah, papers? Yeah, here, look at my uh, papers that are just here to look good. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, uh, you, you, how are, how are we going to do better? Thank goodness COVID-19 wasn't as bad as it was. Um, it's a good testing ground, right, for us. Um, and it changes the way you think of everything like savings and mm-hmm. do you have enough savings and what happens next time if the government doesn't bail you out, mm-hmm. you know, so there are good things yeah. and I, I think they're coming, but thank you so much for coming here Absolutely. and thanks for uh, telling people because a lot of people are hearing things on the news, mm-hmm. but particularly those industries that are hit extremely hard like yours, which, you know, the bar industry is ground zero. It's yeah. for most states. It's unacceptable. It's just there's a war. That's a Absolutely. line that they're like, nope, that can go away. And I, and I do get it. I, I get that, you know, I'm not just a biased bar owner knowing that that I'm like, no, it's all BS. But I, I get that, the, you know, the, the idea of just we don't necessarily need drinking. We don't need alcohol. I get it. I don't even drink that much. Uh, and we don't necessarily need nightlife or people. We do need social interaction as human beings and yeah. our general uh, to live. But so I, I get why we're one of the last ones. But I also just we've we've hammered this down. I was like, I want it to be fair. Yes. I want to be able to like just give me the protocols and let me open up so that I can at least just have some income. Um, and don't just pick and choose Yes, who who we're saying is, is horrible and bad because I'm not horrible and bad. I, I'm just a normal everyday person. Yeah. Um, and l- let me let me have some piece of the pie. Yes. You know? No, exactly. Well said. Well, hey, man. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate you Thank coming you. down. Appreciate you talking awesome. about it. Has been. This has been a, a good one, fun one. And it's, you know, I think a lot of people, it's a hard one to talk about on podcast. Um, it's a hard one because people are worried about the backlash and they're worried about what people say. Cause once again, somehow this is extremely 
politicized and everything, but it's important. We need mm-hmm. to be having these discussions. We need to be having this thought process. And if anyone listening to this has other side, please reach out to me. In fact, I would love to talk to other people and get them on the podcast and learn more about what's going on. We could all do for a lot more information. So and thank God, because I got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, we'll let you go. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at Cashflow with the number 2freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.